August 14 to August 21, 2015. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. We are having quite a summer this summer, with kind of different weather all around the country, and hope that you're having good weather where you are and enjoying your great summer this summer. And we are also having a great summer with Windows 10, aren't we? Yes, it's uh, being downloaded from the Microsoft servers, I understand, at a record rate of people switching now to Windows 10. And so we uh, want to make sure that you know whether it's time for you to switch if you haven't switched. And so we have, in the past weeks, we had a few weeks back, we did a little bit of reviewing and looking at Windows 10. And today we are going to have the recordings from FSCast from Freedom Scientific and their comments about Windows 10 and a bit of an update about where things are with JAWS for Windows and Magic in regards to access to Windows 10. Apparently there are just a few little things that aren't quite the way they need to be just yet and Jonathan Mosen tells us what to do to fix maybe some of those problems and tells us a little bit more about whether it's time for you to make the change or whether it isn't. We will be carrying some more about Windows 10 with various screen readers. Next week we're going to be starting a tutorial that was recently released by AI Squared about installing and using Windows 10 with window eyes. And before the end of the month, NVDA is expected to have NVDA... 2015 release 3 out and it is supposed to have more Windows 10 support and as soon as that comes out we'll be having that on for you so that you can hear what's going on with that and we will also let you know now that apparently the Zoom text upgrade to get you to access to Windows 10 with Zoom text is out but for most people, there probably will be at least a minimal charge for the upgrade. If you want full details on that, you can check the AI Squared page and get the, all the latest information on that. Only those, I believe, who have gotten their Zoom Text 10.1 since about May of this year, it sounds like, will be getting the upgrade to the version of Zoom Text 10.1 that works with Windows 10 for free. And the, the, if before that, there may be some minimal charge. I think for most of them, it's around $49. But you check the AI Squared webpage and get the information for sure so you know exactly what you need to do and what it's going to take to have your Windows 10 accessible with Zoom Text. Well, after Jonathan and the folks from FSCast talked to us about access to Windows 10 with JAWS and Magic, David Woodbridge is going to come along, and this will be the last week that we will be airing some of the demos from the Apple Watch demo slash training tutorials for Apple Watch. It pretty well finishes up the series. And we will hear David talking about a number of things. He's going to start out by showing us how we can control our 
Blind Square app on our iPhone from the Apple Watch. Next, he's going to show us how to control and how to operate Netflix on your Apple TV from the remote app on your Apple Watch. Then he'll show us how to check the weather with the weather app on your Apple Watch. And finally, how to dictate a message from your Apple Watch. That's all up today here on Main Menu. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. As a Main Menu listener, you might have questions about something you've heard here on Main Menu. You might want advice about which product that you've heard about is better for you, or you might just want to get in contact with some other technology fans who are listeners of Main Menu. To become part of the Main Menu listening community, we invite you to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, where you can interact with not only all the members of the Main Menu staff, other broadcasters on ACB Radio, but also with hundreds of Main Menu listeners from around the world. If you would like to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, simply send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in discussion about Main Menu and assistive technology by following at Main Menu on Twitter and communicating with us as well as our other followers on Twitter. We look forward to interacting with our listeners. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio's Main Menu, and we hope to hear from you soon on our friends' mailing list and on Twitter. NFS Cast Episode 109. Windows 10 is clearly the way forward. Microsoft is doing everything they possibly can to get everybody off of Windows 7 and off of Windows 8.1. JAWS 16 and Magic 13 will be ready for Windows 10 on release day July 29, but should you upgrade? Glenn Gordon, Freedom Scientific's Chief Technology Officer, joins me to discuss. Freedom Scientific's official podcast. Produced and presented by Jonathan Mosen. Thank you for joining us. Our email address, if you want to get in touch with FSCast, is fscast at freedomscientific.com. And you can call our listener line. The number there is 727-803-8000. That's in the United States, 727-803-8000. And when you're asked to enter an extension, just punch in 1010, and that'll get to the listener line. Just a gentle reminder that this email address and the listener line for feedback related to the podcast this is not the place to go for technical support if you would like technical support you can of course contact support at freedomscientific.com search our knowledge base on the web and also check the website for information about how to get in touch with us by telephone This is a segment that's been much anticipated. We've been asked questions on social media and all sorts of other places about JAWS and Windows 10. Microsoft has announced a release date of July 29, and people want to know, should they upgrade? Should they wait? Will JAWS be ready? No better person to answer those questions than Glenn Gordon, who was our Chief Technology Officer. Glenn, it is always nice to have you back on FSCast. How are you doing? It's good to be with you, Jonathan. Nothing like setting low expectations for what I'm going to say here. <laughs> well, let's start with the, the question everybody wants to know. If, if I want to update to Windows 10 on the 29th of July, is JAWS going to be there for me so that I can have an accessible experience? Yes, with some qualified conditions. So I want to paint the picture a little bit 
more completely in terms of Windows 10 and how it fits into the Windows ecostructure generally. Microsoft historically has come out with a version of Windows every three or four years. And so you got Windows 8 or Windows 8.1, and you pretty much waited for major features uh, for a couple of years until the next version came along. Gradually, as 8.1 was released, they started sneaking tiny little features into 8.1 updates. And that is sort of a predictor of things to come. The reason uh, I've heard that Microsoft is calling Windows 10 Windows 10 is because they wanted to make a big jump. And this is the last time they're thinking they're going to come out with, quote, a major new operating system. But rather, every few months, at least on sort of the consumer path, they're going to put out newer versions of Windows with iterative changes. So it's going to be small changes moving forward so they can sort of be on par with companies like Apple and Google with uh, Android coming out with features really fast, sort of matching the pace of the Internet. And I give this buildup because Windows 10, I think, from an accessibility standpoint, is sort of a work in progress. The, the things that you've known, come to know and love from Windows 7 and then through Windows 8.1 where you have the start menu and you can search and you can run apps, all that stuff works quite well. Uh, with Windows 10, there are a couple of JAWS changes that will come out in the 16.0 update in July. Uh, there will be some more changes for JAWS 17. But Windows 10, just for sort of doing basic computing work, I think you'll pretty much be fine. Uh, the areas that get a little more complicated are things like the new web browser. Uh, they called it Spartan originally. It now has taken on what I believe is its new official name called Edge. And Edge is pretty much a reworking of the browsing experience. Microsoft has had uh, Internet Explorer out for years and years, and they've gradually been updating it. And they've pretty much wanted to drop some of the, uh, the vestiges of Internet Explorer and didn't think that they could do that without inventing a new browser that's much more on par with browsers like Google Chrome and Firefox. So what they're doing for Windows 10 is Edge will be here as the default browser. Internet Explorer will also be there. And because Edge is new and they've sort of been working on it to the last minute, uh, the accessibility support isn't there yet. Uh, it has basic accessibility support, but our ability to render the virtual buffer and update that buffer at the right time and have a good experience, uh, that's just not there. And so we are waiting uh, to have better support when Microsoft gives us more information that we can hang our hat on. When they better support uh, UI automation, which is the technique that we use for gathering information, and they give us more complete info. Um, our thought is that that's likely to roll out in the next uh, Windows 10 update, which I don't think Microsoft has announced a date. But, you know, they're going to do this a couple of times a year. Uh, at least that, that, th those are the rumors and the information that we've heard. So sorry for this big buildup, but I just wanted to try to set the stage a little bit. 
So UI automation is a Microsoft technology. This is their invention, and yet they have not seen fit to include it in the first release of their own browser in a finished form. Uh, Microsoft is a giant company, and different groups of people, uh, you know, different product teams have different priorities. So uh, the accessibility group at Microsoft a bunch of years ago specified how UI automation is supposed to work. But the actual uh, team that's working on the Edge browser is responsible for putting in the specific uh, uses of UIA uh, into the browser so we can actually get the information. And from what I've been told, they've just you know, really been working hard to, to finalize the browser for everybody. And although they've started on the accessibility support, it's just not as, uh, as complete as would be ideal and as will likely be the case. So is there a workaround then? If I do want or need to upgrade to Windows 10 before all of this is fixed, can I still run Internet Explorer? Can I even make it my default browser? Does it, does it, it exist on the operating system? It, it does exist on the operating system exactly as it is in Windows 8.1. So all the good parts about Internet Explorer and Windows 8 are there. All the bad parts are there. They really haven't changed it. Uh, they have chosen to make Edge the default browser. So I suggest at this point, uh, when people install Windows 10, that you go to default programs, and there'll be a list of, you know, what's your default media playing program, what's your default mail program, and one of them is what's your default browser. It's set to Edge by default. You make it Internet Explorer, and all will be fine. With Windows 7 and Vista, there was this new technology called Mirror Drivers that was designed officially for screen readers. And then in Windows 8, that technology was removed and JAWS found another way of getting access to the information that it needs. What does that mean for upgrading from a previous version of Windows to Windows 10? Will it be a different process if I'm coming from Windows 7 compared with coming from Windows 8? Um, we're still working on that, and every time we come up with a refinement, we think about it more and come up with a way to make it a little bit easier. Uh, what it's looking like is that we're going to want you to have JAWS 16 or Magic 13, depending upon whether you're a screen reader or a screen magnification user, on your machine before you update, and potentially to have older versions uninstalled because those versions uh, will not operate at all in Windows 10, and it may not be possible to uninstall them once you've updated. So we'll have more information on our website and most likely a tool that'll help you get your machine ready for the upgrade process. Uh, once the upgrade happens, if you're upgrading from Windows 7, you'll need to do a repair of JAWS 16 uh, once Windows 10 comes up. So it will come up, and it will be talking, and the standard dialogues will talk just fine. But you'll be told that the video intercept isn't working and you need to do a repair. And at that point, if you do a repair, it'll remove the mirror driver, which isn't being used in Windows 10 anyway, install the accessibility driver, and you'll be good to go. 
We'll also make sure, of course, that when that information is made available on the web, that it's also made available on Facebook and Twitter. So if you're connecting with us via social media, you will get that information as soon as it becomes available. Anything else before we move on about the upgrade process we need to be aware of? Um, One thing that's kind of important, if you're running JAWS or Magic at the time that you initiate the update, what will happen then is you'll have a wizard that comes up and it'll make sure that uh, everything is set for you to update. If JAWS versions older than 16 or Magic versions older than 13 are on the machine, uh, the update process will likely tell you you need to remove them and they'll send you to the same page on our website that Jonathan was talking about just a second ago. But provided the update is ready to happen, it will happen. JAWS and Magic will be shut down. And when the update completes, you'll be left with nothing talking because at that point, there's a wizard that basically says, welcome to Windows 10 and specify what your settings are and do you want to use express settings, etc., etc. That will talk, but it will only talk using Narrator. And so your best bet is likely to use uh, Windows key Enter. That'll bring up Narrator, and you should be set moving forward to, uh, to talk through those initial wizards. Once those initial wizards complete, JAWS and or Magic will be set to run with the caveat that you may need to do a repair uh, to get things right up to snuff for Windows 10. So it's going to be an update that I think people will want to carefully follow step by step with information that we will ultimately provide. When we get there, are there any benefits that you've seen in terms of running Windows 10? Is it actually worth all of this at at this point? Um, Maybe, maybe not. And before I get into that, there is one fail-safe button I've been told about. I've not tried it. Uh, So use at your own risk. But what I've been told is that for the first 30 days after you update to Windows 10, if you decide you're getting buyer's remorse and want to go backwards, uh, enough of your previous OS will be saved that you can go and start basically a restore me back to my old OS. And uh, that should let you go back. But assuming you don't want to go back and you're sort of interested in moving forward, uh, Windows 10 is clearly the way forward. Microsoft is doing everything they possibly can to get everybody off of Windows 7 and off of Windows 8.1, which is why it's a free update. They want everyone tracking the latest OS, similar to people with Android or iOS. Uh, a lot of what's new is, is, is the, new, you know, the new apps. They're changing the start menu, which is making it a little bit more like... Uh, Windows 7, uh, as opposed to the start menu with Windows 8.1. So it's a little easier to move through the programs that you have on the machine, though they seem to have gotten rid of the hierarchy. So it's not so much as Windows 7, where there would be a JAWS group, and then you could go in and see the elements. Everything seems to be more at, at the same level. Um, Beyond that, I can't say that I've done a tremendous amount. I've sort of done the things that I would do on my Windows 8.1 machine, you know, start Word, start WordPad, run run the basic apps. There's always an improvement in the things that people want to use. They're coming up with uh, a new email client, which they're calling 
modern outlook or something similar, uh, which doesn't look and feel like the original outlook, but it allows you to do messaging and calendaring. And they continue to improve that, uh, you know, very much uh, day to day, uh, till probably very close to the the finalizing of the code before it comes out in July. And one of the big attractions for many is Cortana, the personal assistant that has been on Windows Phone for a while now, is going to be available in Windows 10 in some markets, certainly the U.S. Yes, and I actually heard from a contact of ours at uh, Microsoft where a couple of us spent some days last week, and he said that he had told Cortana to keep him informed of when our flights were arriving. And there were people coming from all around the world, and he got you know woken up at 2 and 3 in the morning being told that someone's flight was delayed. So apparently Cortana was doing its job, though not necessarily exactly what he wanted. People who are running the previews of Windows 10 and currently released versions of JAWS 16 may have been experiencing some instability as the cycle has progressed. That is not, I take it, indicative of what end users will experience when Windows 10 is released for JAWS and Magic because there will be updates in both directions before then. That's absolutely true, and that's why we want to make sure everybody is on JAWS 16 or Magic 13 before you do the update because um, all the issues that plague JAWS 16 currently also plague JAWS 15 and earlier. Uh, There are two issues that I think were most overpowering. One of them is uh, if you don't change your default web browser and you have a recent uh, update of Windows 10, of the previews, you'll notice that you can't really browse the web. Uh, The second one is that there are some hangs uh, that don't last forever, but they last many seconds, where if you go, as soon as you go to the start menu in Windows 10, uh, anytime thereafter, when the start menu is dismissed, uh, the hang goes on for five or 10 seconds. That's all resolved in what will be our July update. So you'll want to make sure you have the July update before upgrading to Windows 10, the official release at the end of July. But uh, by then, uh, everything should be be fine in the areas we've been discussing. Um, one other point on the update, and that is, depending upon where you are in your cycle, um, you may or may not be able to actually upgrade and keep all of your programs. And I say this from personal experience, so your mileage may vary, but with some of the builds that I had, um, Windows... Uh, update to Windows 10 would not let me keep my programs. It would let me keep my settings, but it wouldn't let me keep my programs. So I may have had a Frankenstein machine, and you may not encounter this, but if it happens, uh, if you're already running a Windows 10 preview, that's just sort of something to be aware of. Once I agreed to just let it upgrade my settings and uh, get rid of the programs, the upgrade went fine. Can I talk about other platforms? Because one of the big selling points that Microsoft has been pushing with respect to Windows 10 is that it's universal and that the Windows 10 experience people will become familiar with on the PC will be mimicked with appropriate modifications on a mobile platform. And so we've had a number of people who have said, does that mean that it would be possible 
to run JAWS on certain phones that eventually run Windows 10? Is that something that you're looking at? We're definitely eager to do that. Microsoft contained, or Microsoft holds on to the, the keys to the castle in that regard. Um, so first of all, all is not as it appears. There's a certain amount of smoke and mirrors going on here. Uh, if you think of Windows, whether it's on the phone or on the desktop, as sort of a series of pieces, and at the low level is sort of the nuts and bolts of the operating system, and at the very top level is an app that someone would write, you know, an app like mail or calendaring or instant messaging. So at the upper level, they are trying to unify the apps. So if you write an app for the desktop, it'll likely run on the phone if you take the proper steps. However, the lower down you go in the pyramid, uh, the more different they remain. So, for example, the uh, phones typically are running the ARM platform, which is a different processor than what runs on desktop machines. Uh, the low-level apps, the apps that on the desktop we're able to write, but on the phones we're locked out of. The low-level apps on the phones really concurrently only be written by Microsoft. And those low-level apps, like Narrator, in their case, uh, JAWS in our case, are very different between the phone and the desktop. And in order to provide a screen reading experience, we need to essentially become a low-level app on the phone, and thus far Microsoft has not opened that to us or to anybody else for that matter. Is there any indication that they might? Do they seem amenable to that idea? Um, again, it's Microsoft's a giant organization, and it takes effort for them to open up an ecosystem that thus, thus far has been closed. Uh, when we did PacMate years and years ago, um, it was really hard for us to get the Pocket PC team to even consider letting us, small, tiny company, um, be able to license the Pocket PC platform and put it on the PacMate. And that was a situation where there already were third parties like HP and Compaq and so forth licensing the platform and putting it on their hardware. In this case, the only people who uh, control those low-level apps are Microsoft. There aren't third parties creating apps at that level. And so I think it's going to be uh, a big push to get the right people in the right teams uh, to say that, yes, we can, uh, you know, we can be value-add, we can perhaps do better than the default uh, narrator or magnifier experience and let us in. Uh, we're certainly eager to discuss it. We've uh, tried to broach the topic with people, but it's too soon to know how that's going to work out. So if I can summarize the key points then in terms of JAWS and Magic users wondering what to do, because, you know, you press your JAWS key with F11 and it's right there, kind of tempting you. It says, exactly. get Windows 10. It says it right here in my windows, you know. Now, so it seems that if you have some degree of tech savvy and you like being on the cutting edge and you don't mind maybe a little bit of um, configuration, some rough edges initially, then sure, you'll be in a position as a JAWS or Magic user to jump on board right on July 29 if you follow the instructions carefully enough. If you don't have any compelling reason to upgrade, you're not a major tech enthusiast and what you have works for you, 
then it might be better first to maybe sit it out a bit longer or even to wait until you get your next computer, which will come with Windows 10 built in. Would that be a fair assessment? I I think it is. Um, If you move forward, um, there is something in the system settings where it talks about updates and the speed with which you're getting updates. They call one fast track and uh, one, you know, the slow tortoise which, of course, is a good marketing name, though I don't think that's what theirs is. Uh, The fast track, you'll get updates more quickly. And I recommend, uh, especially because of accessibility issues that will be resolved after the release, that you definitely uh, put yourself on the fast track uh, so that you can get accessibility changes as they make them. I do want to make one distinction, too, between what they're doing for Windows 10 Uh, on the consumer side and what they're doing on the business side. So if you're using uh, a version of Windows at your workplace, you most likely have not gotten the announcement that says, you know, update to Windows 10 now. The release that's being talked about and that'll happen at the end of July is primarily targeted at consumers. They're not targeting the release to businesses until late, later in the fall. And so that rollout is going to be pretty close to what's the first you know, incremental update for consumers that I talked about earlier on in our conversation. Right, and system administrators tend to be quite conservative anyway with the, with the deployment of a new operating system. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's helpful. And I I hope that others have found it helpful, too. So that's Windows 10 out on July 29. We expect Jaws and Magic to be Windows 10 ready for those who'd like to jump on board. We'll certainly keep in touch. And if there's anything new that you want to share with us on FSCast, uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you as this unveils. I look forward to talking with you further. If you've upgraded to Windows 10 since its release on July the 29th, well, congratulations to you for being on the cutting edge. I must admit I haven't done that yet. I've got my tablet here all ready to go, but there's just been so much going on. I haven't had a few hours to take the plunge yet and get familiar, so good for you. Hope it's working out well. We've received a lot of positive feedback on social media, and we appreciate how pleased people are that they have the choice to upgrade on the same day as everybody else. Now, since Windows 10 is a new operating system, there will be some bedding down issues, some glitches, if you will. Microsoft is promising regular updates, and we're also gathering feedback in those situations where we can enhance the performance of JAWS. There are a couple of issues that I just want to let you know about. First, a change in Bluetooth behavior means that you'll probably be experiencing issues when using a Focus Blue Braille display via Bluetooth with Windows 10. We've alerted Microsoft to the issue, and we're as keen for a fix as you are. We'll keep you posted with that one. Some people who are upgrading from Windows 7 to Windows 10 may be experiencing issues where they're unable to navigate the Start menu. We're working on this one, but if this happens to you, For the moment, the best option is to completely uninstall JAWS and then reinstall it, and we expect that that should clear it up. You are, of course, welcome to contact our technical support team if you have any issues, and we'll do our best to assist you.
Welcome to another Apple Watch feature demonstration. And in this demonstration, I want to show you how you can control the Blind Square GPS app running on your iPhone from the now playing glance on your Apple Watch. So of course, for this demonstration, I've already previously installed the Blind Square GPS app on my iPhone. So first of all, I'm going to launch Blind Square GPS with Siri. And of course, I'm going to hold down the home button, wait for the beep, and just say open blind square. Open blind square. Blind square, search, button. Double tap to perform a search. So I've opened blind square. So I'm pop my iPhone down and I'm gonna wake up my Apple Watch by pressing the digital crown once. 10.05 a.m. Okay, and I'm gonna do a two finger flick up the screen, of course using voiceover to bring up my glances. Now playing. Zero seconds. And all I need to do to start the Blind Square automated menus is just flick to the right. Previous track, pause. Button. And double tap on the pause button. Swipe up or down to select a custom action Location. play. Sleep mode. Okay. Location sleep mode. Around. Look around. Around me. Around me. GPS info. GPS info, double tap. Accuracy. Play. Five meters. Zero kilometers per hour. Pause. Heading. Button. Compass. North. Okay, of course zero kilometers an hour because I'm actually not moving anywhere at the moment. So literally I can actually use that play pause button to start the automated menus running and select which one I want to use. So again, my watch has just gone to sleep. So let me press digital crown again once. Zero seconds. And I'm still back to the glance. So if I touch the middle of the screen pause. Button. and double tap again, location. double tap on location. Address is 22 New Avenue, Narara, heading northwest. Okay, and let's say I wanted to get the weather today. Double tap on that pause button again. Location. Play. Sleep mode. Pause. Look around. Button. Around me. GPS info. Time. Add place. Weather. Play. Temperature 15 degrees. Mostly cloudy throughout the day. And interestingly enough, if I flick back to the left, previous track, button. and I double tap on the previous track button, it Swipe just gives me. To select a custom action, then double tap to activate. It just gives me my current location. So if I double tap, previous track, address is 22 New Avenue, Narara, heading northwest. Which is interesting because if I flick to the right, Pause. next track, and try the next track button. button. Next track it doesn't actually do anything. So at the moment, I can use that previous button to get my current location, or I can use the play pause button to cycle through the automated menus in Blind Square. And of course, double tap it to use the item I want. And of course, I can also adjust the volume by using the glance as well. So let me flick to the volume control. Previous track, pause. Next track, volume. 69% Okay, adjustable. so 69%, I'm going to turn it up. 79, 89, 99%, 100%. Okay, 100%. So now if I flick back to the left, pause, and I double tap on pause, you'll actually hear that blind Swipe square is increased in volume. Location. Pause. Your location. Address is 22 New Avenue, Marara, heading northwest. Let me flick to the right to the volume control. Volume. 100%. And flick down. 90%, 80%. 70%, 60 percent. I'll leave it at 60% this time, slightly lower than it was originally. Next, pause. Double tap. Button. Play. Sleep mode. Okay, and double tap on sleep mode. Play. And I put blind square to sleep for the moment. So let me just put my watch to sleep. Can I put my hand over it? 
So that's how easy it is to use the Blind Square GPS app with the Now Playing Plants. I should probably note that if you try and do this via the music app, it'll literally just start playing music on your iPhone. It won't control the Now Playing function on your iPhone. Now I've noticed sometimes that when I've been using the Glance and I've locked the watch, pressing the digital crown takes me back to the Now Playing Glance. If it doesn't do that, however, just remember that you need to return to the clock face screen and then do a two finger flick up to get back to your last used glance which would normally be the now playing glance if you've been using that before or you can just do a two finger flick left and right to get to the appropriate now playing glance and of course use the play pause button to start stop the automated menus and select an item or use the previous button to get your current location and of course you can adjust the volume of blind square running on your iphone as well so that completes this quick tip demonstration i hope you've enjoyed listening to it and as always thanks for listening and bye for now welcome to another apple watch feature demo and in this demonstration i'm actually going to give the remote app a bit of a go on my Apple Watch with my Apple TV. First of all, I'm just going to grab my normal remote for the Apple TV and make sure it's talking to me. Trailers, button, 4 of 10, settings, button, 5 of 10. Okay, which it is. And I'm going to wake my Apple Watch up by just touching on the touch screen with one finger. 10.51. And I press the digital crown once to go to my home Hi. screen. Clock. And the remote app on my particular clock face, on my particular home screen, is to the right of the clock face. So I'm going to flick to the right front finger. Music. Messages. Stopwatch. Calculator watch pro free. Timer. Settings. Photos. Remote. Okay, one finger double tap on remote. Remote. Now keep in mind that I've already paired my remote app to the Apple TV. And I won't go into that in this demonstration. I just want to show you how it works with the Apple TV with voiceover on the Apple Watch itself. So if I flick to the right on my screen. Toy room. Okay, so I've currently paired it to my boy's toy room. And if I flick to the right one more time, I can add another device. So I flick back to the left. Toy room. Double tap on toy room. Selected. Connecting. Toy room. Okay, it's connecting. Device list. Back button. If I flick to the right. Gesture area. That's the gesture area. Double tap to start. Then tap to select. Swipe to move. Okay, so double tap to start and then tap to select or use your gestures. And if I flick one more time to the right, menu. that's button. the menu button. Play pause button. Play pause button and the play pause button. So a good way to tell if it's actually working, if I flick back to the left menu. and I double tap on the menu button. Menu in main menu. Movies button. One of five. Okay, I've moved to the actual menu bar off the main home screen on the Apple TV. So I flick back to the left. Gesture area. Okay, I want to activate the gesture area, so one finger double tap. Gesture area. Okay, so I'm on movies. So if I flick to the right on my Apple Watch screen. TV shows. Button. Two of five. TV shows. Music. Button. Three of five. Music. iTunes radio. Button. Four of five. iTunes radio. Computers. Button. Five of five. It's computers. Flip back to left. iTunes radio. Button. Four of five. Music. TV show. Movies. Button. Okay, and one of five. Tap on movies. Purchased. One of five. Accessing iTunes Store. 
Okay, I'm on purchased. I'm going to tap that one as well. In David's purchased movies. Recent. 10. Button. 1 of 9. Okay, recent. Flip to the right. The Imitation Game. 1 of 10. Imitation Game. Flip to the right Penguins again. of Madagascar. Penguins 2 of, of Madagascar. 10. Star Wars. A New Hope. Star Wars. 3 of 10. A New Hope. Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars. Return of the Jedi. Okay, we enter that row. Flip down. Alexander and the Terrible. Horrible. No good. Very bad day. 10 of 10. Okay, Alexander's bad day. Flip to the left. Dinosaur Island. 9 Dinosaur of 10. Dinosaur Island. Monster High trademark sign. Monster Haunted. High. Babe. 7 of 10. Babe. The Neverending Story. 6 of 10. Neverending Story. Let me play that one. So tap on my Apple Watch screen. Accessing iTunes Store. Play. Button. 2 of 4. And tap on Play if you want to see what else is there. The Flip to the left. Story. Trailer. Button. One of four. Trailer, flip to the right. Play. Button. Play, flip to the right. Add to wish list. Add to wish Button. list. Three of four. More. Button. And more. Four flip at the left. Add to wish list. Play. Button. And tap on Two play. Two of four. Loading. Authorizing. Okay, there's the ending story playing. So if I tap on my watch, stopped it. If I touch down towards the bottom of the Apple Watch screen, I've still got play, pause, and menu. Okay, and I can control the stop, start quite easily of the Apple TV. If I double tap a play, pause, start it again, double tap again, and of course to come back out, flick to the left, there's the menu. If I flick back to the left again, it was the gesture button. area that I can double tap on to reuse double again. Tap to start, then tap to select, swipe so to move. Flick back to the right. Menu. Double button. tap on menu. Menu. Play. Button. And again. Menu. In David's purchased movies. And again. Purchased. One of and five. Again. Menu. In main menu. Movies. Button. One of five. And I'm back to the main menu. And just one final test. Let's see if I can access Netflix. I'm going to touch back on the gesture area. Gesture area. Okay, double tap to activate it. Area. And flick down. Netflix. There's button. Netflix. One tap of on ten. That. Accessing Netflix. And who's watching Netflix? David. Button. One of six. Okay, I'm watching Netflix. We've got different profiles here at home. Tap on the screen. Accessing Netflix. Suggestions for you. Button. One of nine. Okay, flick down. Recently watched by David. Button. Two of nine. Recently watched. Tap on that. In recently watched by David. Marvel's Daredevil. One of six. Marvel's Daredevil. Okay, tap on Marvel's One of six. Daredevil. Two. Cut man. Button. Four of fifteen. Flick up. One. Into the ring. Tap on that. Into the ring. Play into the ring. Tap again. Button. And enter your Netflix pin to watch restricted content. Into the ring. Forgot pin. Visit www.netflix.com slash pin, pin code. Okay, 000. so let's see how we go with putting this pin Zero. code in, because it's Adjustable going to be item. echoing on the Apple Three TV. Flick to the right. Seven, so I'm going to flick down. Zero, nine, eight, seven. Tap on seven. Flick to the right. Adjustable and item. I want to put Three in of three. nine. So flick down. Nine. Tap on nine. Flick to the right. Done. And button. tap on done. Three of three. Loading. 
And of course, I've got this with audio Let description. Out from a white background, then turn red. Netflix. And touch the bottom of my Apple Watch screen. And double tap bold on play pause. So you definitely can use the gesture area on the Apple Watch with the pin number. You've just got to be careful in how you do gestures. I'm only doing fairly small gesturing when I'm flicking up and down left and right. And of course, just trying to tap in the middle of the gesture area in the middle of the Apple Watch screen. So let me just be tidy. Menu. We'll tap on menu. menu. Accessing Netflix. Play into the ring. Button. One of one. Menu. In recently watched by David. Menu. Recently watched by David. Menu. In who's watching Netflix. Menu. In main menu. Netflix. Button. One of ten. Okay, and there we go. That is navigating the Apple TV with the remote app on the Apple Watch. So never again will I actually have to go and try and find the physical Apple remote where I've put my iPhone or where I've put the Bluetooth keyboard to access the Apple TV because my sons have moved it on me. I can just find it on my wrist, of course, with my Apple Watch. So that completes this demonstration. And as always, thanks for listening and bye for now. Welcome to another Apple Watch feature demonstration. And in this demonstration, I thought I might show you how to use the weather app on your Apple Watch. So first of all, let me just wake up my Apple Watch screen by tapping on it. 2214. Bring up my app home screen by pressing the digital crown once. Home. Clock. Okay, go to the clock. Now if I flick back to the left. Mail. Activity. Double post. Passport. Weather. And there's weather, one finger double tap. Weather, current location, Nerara. Okay, so I'm in the weather application. It tells me my current location, Nerara. If I flick to the right. Celsius, button. Now that currently says Celsius, and that's because the following hourly forecast will be giving me the current temperature. So if I flick to the right next. 10 p.m. 15 degrees. Okay, 10 p.m. 15 degrees, and it goes right through to 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And if I flick back to the left again, Celsius. Button. Double tap on where it says Celsius. Celsius. Precipitation. It's now changed to precipitation. If I flick to the right, 10 p.m. 35%. Okay, Button. 35% chance of rain. So I flick back to the left again. Precipitation. Button. And one more, one finger double tap. Precipitation. Current temperature. 15 Current degrees. temperature. But now what it's showing is the current weather conditions. So if I flick to the right. 10 p.m. showers. So 10 Button. p.m. showers. 11 p.m. rain. Button. 11 p.m. rain, etc. Okay, now you can also switch those three items by just one finger double tapping on any of the hour elements. So if I double tap now. 11 p.m. rain. 11 p.m. 14 degrees. Okay, Button. so 11 p.m. now says 14 degrees. One finger double tap again. 11 p.m. 14 degrees. 11 p.m. 70%. Okay, Button. 70% chance of rain. One finger double tap again. 11 p.m. 70, 11 p.m. Rain. Button. Okay, and we're back to the weather conditions. And of course, what the current temperature is. Flip back left. Current temperature, 15 degrees. Current Button. temperature, 15 degrees. And if I touch the bottom of the screen. Page one of nine. Adjustable. I've got a slider and I've got nine Slide pages. One finger to adjust the value. Because on the weather app on my iPhone, I have nine cities or locations listed as well. 
that's why I've got nine pages here. So for example, if I wanted to see what the temperature like tonight in Brisbane is when my wife's having her conference, page two of just nine. one finger flicking up on page the two slider. Of nine. Page three of nine. Okay, touch page towards the top of, of the screen. Brisbane. Flick to the right. Celsius. Button. Okay, that's currently on Celsius, so flick to the right. 10 p.m. 17 degrees. So Button. it's 17 degrees. I double tap. 10 p.m. 17 degrees. 10 p.m. 100%. Button. Okay, 100% chance of rain. One finger double tap. 10 p.m. 100%. 10 p.m. Rain. Button. And we're back to rain, so I flick back to the left. We've got our current temperature there, which currently gives us our weather conditions. So let's see what it's like tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. up in Brisbane. So I'm touch towards the bottom of the screen. Page three of nine. Adjustable. And flick back. Ten day forecast. 8 a.m. Rain. Button. Ah, it's still raining tomorrow morning in Brisbane. Never mind. Okay, so I'm going to touch the slider again down the bottom. Page three of nine. One finger Adjustable. flick back down. Page two of nine. Page one of nine. Page one of nine. And of course, to come out of the weather app, just press the digital crown once. Home, weather. And I'm back to my home screen. And of course, I can ask Siri what the weather is as well. And I normally say Gosford because that's fairly nearby. So holding the digital crown to get the vibration. What is the weather like in Gosford? Release the digital crown and it vibrated. Mostly cloudy, 15 degrees, L14H19. Okay, so it's currently 15 degrees, low was 14, high was 19. And let me just ask it, will it rain tomorrow? Will it rain tomorrow? It sure looks like it's going to rain. Okay, and there we go. Let's put my hand over my watch screen, put it to sleep. And that completes this demonstration of the weather app on the Apple Watch. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the short demo. And as always, thanks for listening and bye for now. Welcome to another Apple Watch feature demonstration. And in this demonstration, I thought I might show you how you can send a message using dictation on your Apple Watch. My wife's currently away at a conference as of this recording, so I thought I might send her a message wishing her luck for a presentation that she's doing tomorrow that she's also practicing today in front of her other team members. So let me just touch on my Apple Watch screen. 9.43 and 30 seconds. I'm going to press the side button or the friends button on my Apple Watch. Friends. Ellen. And let me flick, and it said Ellen, that's the last person I contacted, that's my wife's name. Flick to the right. Sarah. Button. Jessica. Okay, there's Ellen. One finger double, double tap, tap on Ellen. Ellen. And if I flick through. Ellen. Button. So flick to the right. Phone. Button. Okay, so we've got phone. Digital touch. Button. And double tap to digital touch. So flick to the right. Message. Button. Message is what we want. Double tap to message. So double tap to message. Message. Okay. And here we have some preset phrases. So it's currently sitting on OK. Flick to the right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. THX. THX. Thanks again. Cheers. Cheers. Cool. Cool. Great. Great. Yes. Yes. No. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure thing. Sure thing. Nope. Nope. Talk later. Talk later. I'd probably use that one. Come talk now. 
Can't talk now. Yes, use that one as well. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Yes, absolutely. Call you soon. Call you soon. I use that one all the time. Text you in a bit. Text you in a bit. Probably not. BRB. BRB. Be right back. Um, maybe. What's up? What's up? I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Sorry, I can't talk right now. Sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm doing a podcast. Can I call you later? Can I call you later? Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again. Cancel. Button. Cancel. Emoji picker. Button. Emoji picker, and that's for the emojis that you can pick. And yes, you can access them with voiceover. Dictate. Button. And the dictate button. Now, let me just touch towards the top of the screen. Cancel. Button. Okay, that's the cancel button, the top left-hand side of the screen. If I touch the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Dictate. That's actually the dictate button. So you don't have to flick left and right if you don't want to to go through the various options. You can either touch on the top left cancel button or what I just did on the bottom right hand dictate button. And of course to activate one finger double tap, I can speak what I want to say and then tap the screen again to have it translated into text. Okay, so to dictate one finger double tap. Hi comma, hope your practice training session for your presentation today goes well, full stop. And I just did a one finger double tap again. So I've touched the top left hand side of the screen. Senders audio. I've got senders audio. Now that's actually a heading. Okay, so I flick to the right. Audio message. That's actually the button. And then if I flick to the right again. Senders text. Senders text is a heading. It's not the actual text button to send the text. Flick to the right again. So if I want to send it that message, which is now correct as a text message, I actually double tap on the text I've just dictated, not on where it says send as text message. Okay. Now if I flick to the right one more time, cancel button. I can cancel if I got the dictation incorrect. All right. So I flick back to the left. Hi, hope your practice training session for your presentation today goes well. Okay. And I want to send it. So one finger double tap on the actual text that I just dictated. Okay, and it's actually gone and I've come back to Ellen's options. So now if I want to make sure that's actually been sent properly, I can check in messages itself. So I'm just going to use Siri, hold in my digital crown. Open messages. And it vibrated when I knew when to speak and it vibrated when it was going to do its Message. thing. Okay, so here's messages. Touch the top left hand side of the screen. Messages. Flick to the right. Ellen Woodbridge and Red. So just a little preview of the actual message. If I want to go into it, of course, one finger double tap. Ellen Woodbridge, uh, Ellen, back button. Okay, flick to the right. Ellen Woodbridge, 20 minutes for room service, 7.52. <laughs> she was talking about room service this morning. Today, to the right. 9.55. It should be my message. Flick to the right. Okay, flick to the right. Delivered. Okay, it's been delivered. Reply button. And I can send another reply if I wish. Okay, I'm just going to press the digital crown once. Clock face. 9.57 and 26 and seconds. And I'm back to my clock face. So that's how easy it is to send a message with voice dictation. And I don't know where I'm imagining things or not, but the voice dictation... Messages. Oh, I think my wife just replied to me. Touch my screen. Messages. Let's flick to the right. Ellen Woodbridge. Ellen Woodbridge, thanks. 
And I've got a reply button. Dismiss. Dismiss, and I'll dismiss that for the moment, and I'll reply to it later. Dismiss. 9.58 and 8 seconds. Okay, so as I was saying, that's actually not a bad little demo of actually receiving a message as well. Um, as I was saying, that's how easy it is to send a message using dictation on the Apple Watch. And I must say, the dictation in Siri on the Apple Watch seems to make a lot less mistakes than Siri on the iPhone. I'm not sure if that's in my imagination or not, or if I'm just taking more care with dictating, but it seems to be a lot more accurate when I've been sending messages on the Apple Watch. So that completes this demonstration of using messages with voice dictation. As always, thanks for listening and bye for now. Here at ACB Radio's main menu, we are always looking for your feedback. Whether you have a comment or a question on something you heard in our past show, a comment on something you've seen on our website, or a suggestion for something that you would like to see us cover on a future main menu, please feel free to get in touch with us. You can always contact us by email at mainmenu at acbradio.org, on Twitter at mainmenu, or you can find all of our information on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you soon. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.